Welcome back again for another review royale where myself, your host, David Richards, along with this time, I'm, I have Luca joining me. Hello. And we are going to set out today to review the ever so infamous Cyberpunk 2077. It's taken us a little bit of time to get to this review because we want to fully play the game, flesh it out, make sure we weren't missing anything of what it had to offer. And so we're looking forward to letting you know what we think about it today. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of middle of the ways, a lot of uh, things that could be done better, a lot of things that could have turned out worse. But before we get into all of that, we want to just start with what we like about the game. Luca, is there things that stuck out to you about Cyberpunk 2077 that you liked? Uh, Yeah, there were. There were several or, well, a few at least, key things that stood out to me, like, above just everything else in the game. Uh, the first and foremost would be the character writing and the voice acting, which I would say are, are way, way, way better than uh, average, especially for this genre. Mm-hmm. And sort of everything that that is related to. So the romances in this game, a lot better than in... in Shall we say other, again? Other games in this genre, particularly, yeah. Um, the sort of main storyline, uh, well written for the most part, uh, very well voice acted, very engaging, I would say. Uh, and really, any of the main story quests, uh, sort of were the same way. You know, you got in them. You, I liked them at the very least. I liked the characters, even uh, relatively minor side characters that you interacted with several times who aren't technically key um wakako was a character i really mm-hmm, enjoyed mm-hmm. um anyone that the main storyline tended to touch even even like the slightest way uh was well done for the most part outside of that there was a pretty weird phenomenon where they weren't so necessarily so well done you know uh like wakako is a fixer in the city very very well done like charming character don't see that much of her but that's fine right Mm -hmm. a lot of the other fixers not so much but they're passable so overall it it sort of is a a net positive and a very very positive i would say the the characters and the voice acting and everything related to that um the other thing is just it's just a good looking game man like even on the uh graphic settings i was running very good looking game models uh good Good-looking textures, good-looking, just everything, right? And it's really, really densely detailed. So aesthetically, just gorgeous, I would say. Those those were the things that really stood out to me off the top of my head. So the environment team and the voice acting team or cast, they they did their job. In the writing. The yeah. in, the, in the writing. Yeah, yeah, in the writing. I mean, I will say there was sometimes in the voice acting direction, it seemed like... Maybe the voice actor was having a bad day or the director was having a, a bad day because uh, it, it would be kind of subpar compared to other times. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, I would agree the voice acting was pretty spot, spot on for most of them. Yeah. Um, what were some other things you liked about it? Or is that is that as far as it goes? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that's as far as it goes. I I enjoyed, like the the references to other sort of franchises uh, mm-hmm. throughout the game um for instance there's a reference to portal 2 uh where i don't want to give away too much but basically at one point there's a ai that sounds like glados from portal mm-hmm. um and you know that's just like that's great you know like i love that kind of thing um there's a bike in the game that looks like the bike from Akira. It's not a it's not a one to one copy, but you can very clearly tell it's inspired. Um, and I'm gonna be honest, I rode that everywhere. Uh, there are various things that I I think are maybe nods towards franchises Keanu Reeves is in. Like you're always. A big part of the main story has you taking two pills, and they just happen to be like one red slash orange and one blue. Mm-hmm. That might be coincidental, but I really doubt it. Um, and certain weapons in the game, uh, kind of are reminiscent of weapons in movies he's been on. So I, you could tell that like there was an attempt and and a successful uh, a success in doing so 
to sort of just leave little Easter eggs or, or hints for people in the know on those franchises, you know, just sort of geek culture level stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that. I, I want to say I enjoyed the combat, but really what I enjoyed was running up to people with mantis blades and, and tearing their guts out. That, that was mostly it. Uh-huh. If I'm honest. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. What were, I guess I should go over some of my likes. Yeah. I like the environment. I see that the environment team did a good job of densely populating it with various things to give a character, um, you know, rubbish, garbage, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, navigating the environment on foot actually was not as painful as it could have been compared to other things in the game. Uh, that it's almost like they had like an underlying, uh, parkour system to where like your guy was very mobile and, um, getting around. Yeah. That, I hadn't uh, thought about that, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, there were just, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to get in my car. I would rather just get on foot and then just jump over these different, whatever turnstile or, um, concrete barricade or something like that. I'd rather just jump over it. And then, uh, and that really shined through when I was just exploring, like, the garbage heap area. And I was expecting for the game to glitch or get stuck or whatever, because it's literally just, like, pallets and pallets of um, garbage in this gigantic garbage heap. And it was detailed, like, every ridge of, like, trash, like, you could feel the steps and the depth of the trash you were kind of running through. So I was like, hey... It's fair game, you know. They could have glitched it out easily there, but they did their part there. Um, so environment, I respect what the environmental team did. I liked uh, some of the voice actors. Same thing there. Placide, I liked that voice actor. Uh, didn't like Very that good his job, yeah. didn't like that his character was racist. So I had to get rid of him. Uh pretty soon that's one of the features too of the game that there are some types of uh characters that if you're like "Mm, he's gonna be a problem for me later you can get rid of them and it will alter your game choices or quest line slightly but it won't break the game you know yeah and so um which it sounds weird to say like that would be something worth praising but it does stand out i would argue yeah now, I will say when I'd heard about this originally, it was pitched as if, like, you can kill anyone at any time to kind of shape the game to your liking. Like, if you just want to do, like, I'm a madman, cyberpunk dude, like, cyber psycho run, and just kill whoever out of whim, nah, you can't really do that in this game. So, like, don't don't get it twisted. Uh, there's only a certain set of people at certain times that they will let you just kill at random if you feel that you need to do so for the way you want to play your story. You know, there were times when someone essentially was talking shit. I'm like, what? You talking shit? And I wanted to pull my gun out on them. And then it's like, oh, my trigger doesn't work. I guess you can't kill them, you know? Um. So, yeah, that's something to consider. Now, so that's kind of, that. I guess that would be more of, of a dislike that it wasn't as fully fleshed out as I thought it was. Now... I'm trying to think, I'm really struggling to think of what else much I liked about this game, to be honest. Because everything else is kind of mediocre or falls short of the expectations. I hate to say it. Well, there's an interesting thing that this game does over and over where it has some feature that is almost really good and then it lets itself down, right? Mm hmm. Um, a big example of this might be the character customization, which I personally have some issues with it. Uh, you can't adjust your character's body type. You can't adjust certain facial features at all, like your cheekbones. Which you think but would overall, be a thing in a game like Cyberpunk, where it's all about modifications. Yeah. But it's, um, what's the, is superficial the word for it, where it's not really... 
you can basically change certain facial features by scrolling through a list of options. So, okay, you know, there are like 35 noses you can choose from. And that, like that's... On, the, on the character creation screen, but once it's done, it's done. So, like, yes, exactly. The and character that, that's what I'm customization, is... in my opinion, is, well, and j- just to get right into it, we're going to start to get into our dislikes now. I think a lot of the features of the game, functions or systems, feel kind of meaningless. Well, but you get this thing where, again, like the character customization, for instance, is fine, but then they just leave out the ability to edit it after the beginning of the game. And so it's like, well, that's annoying because it's cyberpunk, you know, and it kind of ruins it. And then to make the matters worse, and you were talking about things feeling meaningless, you never see your character, you know? Like, you can't play in third person, and there are very few, and by very few, I mean one third person cutscenes. So, there, but, um, uh, go on. the only customization you'll feel, is, even though it's a side point game, is like what you do to your arms. And so, it'll look or different legs, if you have legs, Mattis. To be fair. What's up? Or legs, to be fair. You do some I mean, feel that. Do you sense. spend how much time do you spend looking at your legs in this game, Luca? Oh, okay. We're talking not physically. No, listeners. no. You can you can literally have double jump legs, and it shows nothing on your body. Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I I'm talking, talking about, about visually. Yeah, yeah. Visually, yeah. You're right. It's just arms. We cannot tell the gamers like, hey, to get the most out of this game, you need to be looking at your legs. Check out that leg. <laughs> um, no, like in in your forearms, it looks different from when you have mantis blades versus like a rocket launcher coming out your arm, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Um. You're not going to have I'm, any kind of crate. Like, let's say you want like half cyborg face, or whatever, because you want like an iron jaw for fighting or something like that. Nope, you can't. Doesn't matter. Let's say you want to just have like freaking beast mode, like arms. Even if you get like gorilla arms, from what I remember seeing, like you like you never have. There's a character called Adam Smasher. He's pretty much just like a human head, and the rest is cyborg. I feel that you, you should could be able describe to... that head as human. You could. What's up now? It's there go. I said you could describe that head as human. It's it's something. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you wanted to upgrade yourself to that level, I feel you should be able to in the cyberpunk game. Yes, you just can't. And so, to me, relative to expectations, a lot of these systems end up feeling meaningless. To me, at least. Like, the crafting felt meaningless. Well, the, it's not just that the crafting feels kind of meaningless, because the way the crafting system works in this game is basically you can craft, like, certain guns or, or uh, mods that you buy blueprints for, or you can get, like, special legendary items, and you can craft higher-level versions of those items. But... All that, all, all crafting the higher level version really does is, as far as I can tell, just open up more mod slots. And the mods in this game, they're just not that interesting to me, personally. And to in order to craft this stuff, you have to get to relatively high level in your, um, your relevant trait, your like, technician trait or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then unlock the relevant perks, like Grease Monkey is one, right? And that uh, lets you craft i think like epic level stuff right but those are points you can put somewhere else and it just doesn't really feel worthwhile so it it's weird and like it feels kind of meaningless it's like well it's very much rendered meaningless a lot of times because honestly there's not one gun i crafted that was better than something i couldn't just pick up off the ground from a random street thug like literally, the some only... of my best guns, aside from the Lizzie gun, which if you get that, you pretty much break the game because the gun's so awesome, and you get the gun so early. But most of the other guns, like literally, I would just come across a group of like tiger claws just chilling, doing crime, whatever, being narrow do wells, and I would kill them, and then one of them had like this really badass shotgun, and then. I ended up using that shotgun for like the rest of the game kind of thing. Yeah. And I couldn't, yeah, again, crafting wise, I just couldn't come up with any of that on my own. Like the only time it'd be worth crafting something in this game is 
when it gets really broken and it kind of it's interesting that you mentioned the lizzie gun Mm because that is one that i can kind of see it getting broken because one of the mods that you can add basically adds a very small number uh like a very small increase to the damage output right so like Mm -hmm. five to seven and it's really good on the lizzie because it shoots a lot of bullets real quick so it scales up you know the dps massively and if you were to craft a legendary lizzie you'd have way more mod slots so you could add way more of those and that just is even more broken than lizzie already is and that like that yeah that's cool and all but that's like the only time the crafting system's worth it. And so why would I bother dumping all the points to get that one thing when I pick up awesome equipment all the time? Or, you know, well, pick up well, awesome that's equipment the thing is a that good bit of the time. It's like, eh? You get that gun early on, and then, even though it's a pistol, the submachine guns, shotguns, rifles, kind of don't matter. Because yeah, you basically. can just pull out the pistol. Because, you know, when you shoot, you get, like, a little number that pops up, like, crit damage. And with some guns, it's literally, like, one number, like, boom, 800, you know? But with the Lizzie, it is, it's a firework display of numbers every time you shoot someone in the head. Of just, yeah. like, multiple crit numbers um, in red, multiple white numbers of just damage reduced. And, like, you just know that you're giving that person a bad day. That you're shooting. And yeah. I was just blown through some people like two two headshots done kind of thing. Um, which is cool and, and guess- all, but it's like I want the other guns to feel good. Like there was one gun I honestly was holding on to for the longest time because it just felt good to shoot. It just had this nice tactical, like military like it felt like military grade weaponry versus just like street pistols, you know? But yeah. I couldn't level it anywhere near to compete with this Lizzie pistol. And so eventually I just like put it in my storage and never got it back out. Um, while we're on the crafting, that... mind you, right. there was a big issue with crafting in the beginning for a lot of players. And that if you crafted, God forbid you crafted, used a feature of the game, it would break your save files. What, what, uh, to give a little more detail, basically, on I believe specifically PC, if the save size got above eight megabytes, mm-hmm. the save file would corrupt, and then you, like, oh, yeah, you can just go back to your last save file that's on the verge of corrupting. It, mm-hmm. it kind of just ruined the game. And this comes out, and there's a series of news articles on this, and one of the things that would increase the the uh, size of your save file apparently was crafting, and the other thing was looting, two of the main things you do in this kind of game. Yes. And so the articles come out, people are like, oh, grr, this is dumb, you know, uh, people figure out how to check the save files, people are reporting it, and then they sort of, I think it was like 1.16 that they released, mm-hmm. and they fixed the issue. And let me tell you, if you went on, on like, the Steam page, 1.15 was the last thing you saw. You did not see 1.16. They they had that, like, hidden away. Mm-hmm. And, I, like, it took me a while to figure out that they had patched that. Like, it made it so that you could just have a bigger save. Yeah. And I think it, I think it was literally because they didn't want too many people to find out about this. You know? Yeah, because that's pretty bad. Because uh, uh, enough people ran into that issue to where they literally couldn't finish the game that they paid full price for because the devs couldn't finish their game <laughs> and doing yeah. little details like, hey, make sure they can have a save file that's big enough. Well, people eight megabytes, you. you know, eight megabytes was the PlayStation 2 standard of memory cards back in the day. It is 2021, and we couldn't have save files bigger than anything a PlayStation 2 couldn't handle, which is beautiful, really, seeing that a lot of the console players had to deal with PlayStation 2-level graphics. So if mm-hmm. you can't tell, I would also like to mark that under a dislike. PlayStation 2-level graphics on a yeah. 2021 game. Or 2020 game, to be more specific. It released in December. Yeah, this this is a game that the time put into optimizing it and making it actually run on the kind of equipment that the public has 
that that was like what like five minutes maybe you know mm-hmm. like one Sunday where you got free pizza if you came into work yeah like it, seems like it, it yeah it, it was it's ridiculous um and I would be, I might maybe in an alternative universe be a little bit more lenient if it weren't for the fact that they knew this was a problem. And like recently people have been like, oh, see, this proves they knew. We know we we've known since before they released the game that this was a problem that they knew about, because the last time they delayed it the day of they're like, oh, guys, guys, it's good to go. It's good to go. Less than 24 hours before they said, oh, shit. OK, uh, it's actually kind of unplayable on uh, on PS4s and uh, terribly optimized. And we have to delay to uh, fix that real quick. So they knew this was a problem. And they weren't able to fix it in time. So I can only imagine what it was like before they delayed, you know? Um, like, I mean, it, it's absurd that this state this game came out in. And so... Yeah, completely, totally just broken reflect, well. for some on consoles. I had issues on um, PC even in the beginning. Like, the first... If you bought this game in the first three days, uh, it was Hell World. It was a cyberpunk dystopian future because it looked, um, I mean, there were times like main characters looked like these polygonal alien type creatures oh God, yeah. because their faces wouldn't render, only triangles would. And then you're talking to them, like waiting for the textures to pop in and they never do. It's like, one wow, thing. wow, this game is not finished, it's hot mess. That, that that I would argue is on kind of the tame end of stuff that was happening, you know? Like, you'd, you'd be riding down the street on your motorcycle, it would get stuck in the ground, and then just explode and kill you, you know? Just yeah. r- ridiculous stuff oh, like that. and God forbid I tab out to try to record the evidence, and the game crashed every single time. <laughs> like, I had to do a specific routine of, like, Make sure I have um, things recording before the actual game launched and then set it to the lowest settings and then go through the game and see if I can get the glitch recreated. And one thing I want to say is like, okay, so you're talking, I think you've used the analogy of uh, like storming the beaches on D Day. Yeah, exactly. Because like you started a few days after launch day. Yeah, I I I waited because I knew it was going to be a mess, and I wanted the first couple patches out before I touched it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because when um, we were having preliminary conversations about this, you're like, I don't know, man. I don't think it was that bad. And I'm like, you weren't there on D Day. Yeah, you didn't yeah. see the fallen, the like I saw in the numbers that I saw them. The fallen being glitches. On the beach. Yeah, I, I want to say I probably had one of the best experiences with this game that you could have, right? And I'm still mad about the glitches because, yeah, it, sure, it runs better now than it did. But, I mean, we're talking, like, to, if you went and launched the game today, you'd still be having issues, or at least I'd still be having issues, where I would have to load back, like, multiple saves to get stuff to work. Or yeah, same. I'd I, have to, like, go through a dialogue scene again because it just triggers like two or three lines of dialogue at the same time and you're like oh for the love of god you know it's our gone yeah i had dialogue issues where essentially i had to load back a couple saves because even uh, i was like maybe i just need to restart from the checkpoint and then it'll correct itself nope none of the voice actors dialogues were popping up for like essentially 40 percent of this quest before i was like, okay oh god yeah 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 like this is not good, and let me start over. You know, I'd start over. Issue would come back. I was like, okay, let me legit just start, turn my computer off, and then back on, and then load up and a save from like three or four hours ago. I probably have lost, and this should never happen with any game that you purchase, right? Because time is precious. Time is money. You've already spent your time earning the money that you then spent on this game, and then this game rudely steals more time from your life through its inadequate development forcing you to have to replay certain issues. Like I think I've lost 14 hours IRL life in having to replay missions because of glitches. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure uh I've probably lost 
and you know multiple like, hours I mean, worth of time and and when you pay it that way they should be paying me for QA testing at this point because I've spent more hours replaying the games because of its issue more more than uh what the game actually costs <laughs> oh my god um so yeah that that is one of the cornerstone issues with this game it's just being a a buggy like hot mess right Yes. Uh, the the other cornerstone issue is, uh, as we said before, features that either are implemented in a sort of like half-hearted way or a way that just feels like they didn't get fully fleshed out, or just aren't there. You know, um, another two uh, words. I, I think I think it's worth getting back to that. But two words, two words for I would say seventy percent. And I, look, I'm just throwing out a number here: seventy percent of these games' features. I would sum up in two words. Bare minimum. The features are there, but it's the bare minimum of what you would come to expect from something like CD Projekt Red. I I would almost say it's worse than that. And it's so, uh, like, it, it feels like they, not only is it like the bare minimum, but like there are elements there that makes it feel as if it should have been more, and it got cancelled because they spent too much time yeah. making Skybridges that you never look up to see, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that that's that's worse. That's just worse. Um, mm-hmm. One one thing that uh, I've heard other people complain about, and I think is a very legitimate complaint, is the cops and the AI suck. Oh god. Right? Like, the AI in general sucks, but the cops especially, because I believe at one point they said that they would have, like, this big cop sort of uh, thing and you could like bribe cr- uh, corrupt officers and and all sorts of stuff right just not in the game let me tell you how the cops work in this game because it's kind of like gta you get wanted basically and then if you fight the cops you get more wanted except for in gta uh it's sort of a cool challenge you can do uh you know you, you ramp it up and they send you know tougher and tougher equip- uh, equipment after you right mm-hmm. it's not like this in this game like yeah sure they send high level stuff after you but okay you make the cops mad they uh materialize into existence around you you kill them because they're weak uh 30 seconds later some more spawn that are more powerful you kill them too yeah uh, and then it kind of like a minute goes by and your wanda level goes down and you're onto another area and shoot like it, it's just it's it, like it's 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 like it was added as an afterthought it's insane like it is below bare minimum you know, there was a glitch like, with the police either... in the beginning for me where mm-hmm. and this was like a day two kind of thing. So it was really bad. The mission that I have to get to is, is at one point and to get to it, I have to pass a crime scene with police. I don't know okay. if they're trying to make a political statement or something with like police or oppressive or, or something like that, but they kept oppressing me because I'm just trying to pass through here. And then they're like, stop them. And they're like, boom, 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 boom. Just like start shooting me and all that stuff. And that's when I got my first glimpse of like how agile these police are. Because I'm running away. Like I'm running up these steps trying to get past them. And then there's like just, like this is not like a thing that I can jump down through. Because it's got like a little fence gate thing. But there's kind of a crack. This dude just, Iron Man leaps from the ground, jumps up to this balcony and comes through this crack like he's the Terminator from uh, that movie, like, to where he goes through the 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 jail bars. Okay, yeah. He just sort of liquefies. Yeah, yeah, he, he liquefies through there, and his little freaking shooting drone f- follows him, and I'm, like, having to shoot out. Like, I'm not even level two in this game yet, <laughs> oh and I'm having God. to shoot out with the police, and I'm like, I just wanted to go to the elevator. Oh and, my um, god! And I'm shooting, I'm shooting innocent people, and they're and uh, the cops are shooting me because I'm shooting innocent people. I'm like, well, you started this. I was just passing through, and then it's weird though because like they have all of the cops materialize as if you like this the greatest national threat. Like, oh my god, Osama showed up right in the middle of the city. Here's our time, you know. But if you run a block down, it's like. No biggie. We'll get him next time. You just, cause there's no winning the firefight with the police. 
like in GTA, you can win a firefight and then get away and then they'll send the next, like, like a, a helicopter or something like that. Yeah. after you, Right. And it gets cool. Um, here, just go down a block. The cops will forgive you. Yeah. But yeah, basically, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and so those are, I would say like two of the main sort of pillars of, of, uh, this game's problems, glitchiness and bare minimum or non-existent or unacceptable features, you know? Um, and there is a, a third thing, and I I wonder if you sort of share this experience to some extent. Um, the way I describe the map in this game, because it is gorgeous and it is very dense graphically, like materially, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff in it. And yeah, sure, there's a lot of like quests and all. But it's not, for the most part, it's not really that interesting, you know? In a lot of ways, yeah. Um... Like, other games in the open world genre, you go through the world and you'll, you know, find things that sort of make it fun to explore. Um, This is something I've praised Bethesda for before, uh, where, you know, like, okay, I stumble across, like, a, a... you know, I open a toilet cell door and there's a teddy bear reading a newspaper with a bowler hat on. Like, it's ridiculous, but hey, it's mm-hmm. cute and it makes exploring kind of fun. Or, you know, I read some files and I, I find out what happened at this gas station or whatever, right? Or, um, like, just nice jokes or whatever in the environment to sort of make exploring fun. And there are certain points in the game or certain areas in the game where you get that, um, like, specific little points where you can find something that's like, oh, that's really cool. But considering how much there is going on in this game, like how just noisy the map is, it makes it really kind of uh, weirdly like empty in a weird way. It's it's like a fruitcake with like two raisins in it, you know, like it's very dense in a certain sense, but there's not that much going on there. I, like, I can't think of another way to describe it. It's very strange. Um, I mean, there's a lot of crime going on. There's some yeah, yeah. You can, I mean, you can stuff, constantly, you know? yeah, you can but constantly it's one of those like, roll that... up on a crime scene and shoot people. But you, you can only do that so many times before it's kind of boring, you know? Really, exactly that. And that takes me to a point I made before. This is that this game got to the point where I had to make my own fun. And that's, and that's okay if this, this was setting up, like, like, you're like, oh, well, that's sandbox games. You make your own fun. This really necessarily isn't like a open world sandbox game. This is a like story driven dialogue based game in an open world setting because you don't have like all these different activities you can do like you would in something like GTA. Um, like take your girl on a date, like bowling or something like that. You know, uh, you do go on a date here technically. But that's part of, like, the storyline. And it's really, I mean, it's really not a date, let's be honest. It's just more of a follow-up after a mission. But there's just, there's so much about this game that feels unfinished. But they got it to a point to where it's presentable. Like, they really should have waited to release this game until 2023. Like, but we've all paid 60 bucks for an early access version. And I mean I, I, that, like, no hyperbole. Like, I I will dare say, objectively, this is an early access game. Yeah, I mean, even even now, in its current state, after being out for more than a month, it still feels like it's beta, you know? Like, it, mm-hmm. it's not it's not done. And um, I saw a review somewhere, like a user review that I think put it really well, where, um, yeah, the voice acting's great, the writing's great, you stick to the main story, you're engaged. And this was my experience, you know, you're in that main sort of storyline, and it's engaging, or, or any of the peripheral quests to that, for the most part, right? You're engaged, you're having fun, right? It's decently well fleshed out. You stray away from that, you try and explore the world... And it starts to feel unfinished, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like you also it, give yourself a lot of time to experience new glitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are, te- there are si- like, side quests that are not 
part of the, like the main story that are actually fun and interesting. The Delamain quests, I really, really recommend people play the Delamain quests. There's a pretty long period where it's kind of schlocky, but uh, it it's it's a fun ending, right? It's it's legitimately worth it. But it's hard to know which quests are the ones that turn out to have like intrigue and interest yeah. sometimes when you are, and I I mean this constantly constantly fucking inundated with quests unless you stick in one particular area right if you stick in one part of the city you can like get them all done you know but the second you fucking start driving around you're having fixer after fixer be like hey v you want to fucking steal a car back hey v you want to fucking murder some random guy you've never met because he beat someone to death in a boxing ring and i'm like not really but fuck it i guess you know and again it gets kind of boring after a while that's why I thought it was funny that you recommended the Delamain missions because I feel like the game recommends that you play the Delamain missions more than any of the other missions because yes. I cannot tell you how many times I can tell you the percentage of times, 100% of the time when I was trying to do, and I, I am not joking here, 100% of the time when I was trying to do another mission, Delamain had a car for me to go fetch every single oh, yeah. time. Oh, and yeah. half the time it actually pulled me off of my mission and set the objective to go to the car. And I'm like, I didn't say I wanted to go get this car right now. What are you doing? And so I'm like following the marker thinking, oh, do 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 I'm on my way to do it, whatever, whatever side quest. And I'm like, oh, here's the car. I wasn't looking for this car. What am I doing here? And, you know, and then again, there were times when it broke the quest that I was on. So I had to load another save to go finish that quest. And I literally had to navigate around where I thought the Delamain car might be just so it don't oh trigger God. because it kept triggering and pulling me out of the quest. I was on ridiculous stuff like that. Like that's just yeah. no unacceptable. It got to the point where I couldn't enjoy the Delamain quests because of the bad, taste in my mouth that I left from previously trying to do other quests because every single section that has quests there will be a Delamain car yeah I, I absolutely agree with you like that I I will say that I finished the Delamain quest like I got through the majority of it because the majority of it is basically rounding up rogue AI taxis um and that's really boring you get paid for it and that's fine but it's it's not that interesting except for they kind of have their own personalities and those can be kind of interesting to run into. But you know, when you're like, it's no combat for the most part, it's, it's kind of whatever. Right. And so I mostly started doing the Delamain ones just to get it to shut up. You know, honestly, that's what, well, but, when I had to go back a couple hours, I eventually just like, let's get the Delamain stuff out of the way. Um, but once I focused on it, once I focused on it and I got through like the whole quest line, it, it was, it's one of those things that I remember positively. Mm-hmm. Right about the game, and uh, you know much more so than the endless schlock of just sort of throwaway gigs, basically. Yeah. Um, because it actually had like a a longer narrative, and there are certain instances where like gigs will sort of cross paths in interesting ways. You know, mm-hmm. um, like you choose to uh help one guy, you know, like take control of this gang as opposed to another whatever and then you run into him later and he like helps you out because you helped him or whatever and that's nice to see that's neat right Mm -hmm. but again it feels like a small minority um in just a lot of very schlocky quests and so again outside of the main story uh it can get kind of boring and you end up having to make your own fun and i think another thing that makes that kind of difficult is what we were talking about before. Whether you can't customize your character, you can't really customize your cars, you have no, like, you have an apartment, but you can't customize that. It's very difficult to set goals for yourself or to express yourself in yeah. any way in the game. And so, while in GTA, you might go, oh, I really want this new uh, car that they added in that flies and shoots missiles, and I'm going to, you know, do this sort of business to make this sort of money to get that car, right? Or in Fallout 4, you might say, oh, I'm going to build up the settlement. I have a really cool idea for it. There is not that I can think of really a good equivalent in this game. There isn't. um, Because the only thing that I could remember 
looking forward to is can't wait to sift through the next pile of guns to see if there's anything useful. Pretty much that was it. Every time you kill the next group, hope I get some good loot. Well, I got the Lizzie gun, so none of it's really better than the Lizzie gun for the most part. Yeah, basically. And so it just creates this... Oh, go on. Well, I actually wanted to say another point before we got too far away from it, as far as like the Delamain quests Mm -hmm. stacking on top of other quests and ruining it. That's not just the Delamain, though. You'll experience this with a lot of quests to the point where it officially broke my game tour. And I like to 100% games as much as possible. And there's a line of quests for Cyber Psychos. Oh, God. That quest, among a few others, literally broke each other because they stacked upon one another. And then I experienced that more than once to where I arrived. I'm in the middle of doing one quest. I arrived to this destination. But then someone calls me for another quest while the dialogue is going on for this quest. And I don't hear what this dude is trying to tell me because the fixers on the phone trying to tell me about the quest that they started. The pinpoint was like literally 10 feet away. It's almost like these teams weren't communicating with each other and making sure, Hey, make sure we don't have our quests lined up on top of each other. Like, like a Venn diagram of, Ooh, I was about to say something really bad, but it's a hot mess. I'll, I'll put it that way. It's a hot mess. Yeah. How some of these quests were, um, their, their radius and how you activate them. They were just stacked on top of each other. And there's no rhyme or reason of why this one should take priority over that one or this and that, you know, and they, they need a fucking like some sort of choke point on these goddamn quests because yeah. there are just too many and they, it, it fucks shit up. It really yeah, does. The, like, like I said, it broke mine. Like when I was trying to scan for the cyberpunk thing, which is another thing that's broken, the scanning, God forbid yes, it is. you didn't it is. scan it right on the first time. Cause you ain't scanning it again. Or, or here's my favorite. God forbid you, you know, don't, you're actually scanning, looking at the object and not sort of like slightly up into the left, you know, or, or mm-hmm. wherever the fuck that particular object wants you to scan. And this is also a thing with the fucking dialogue because you can't, it's not good enough to look at a person. You have to be standing the exact right spot, looking the right direction, and then you can talk to them, which yeah. has literally led to me breaking into areas and standing like behind like on a counter with like a grate so you know like um you know how certain businesses there's the counter and then plexiglass or a grate to protect the business person the the uh, teller or whatever i had to break into an area like that and stand on that fucking counter just to continue a a quest while like looking down at this fucking person Uh and i I, fix your fucking shit man jesus yeah it's broken like Um, i said on my playthrough i i couldn't 100 percent it because multiple quests were, I mean, truly broken. Like, they won't let me finish it. Like, because at one point, the fixer was talking to me about a new quest when I should have been calling another person to finish this quest. But then it's like, it never triggered. Just think of it like command prompts in a computer. Like, if if your computer freezes up and you're trying to push a bunch of buttons... Eventually, it'll unfreeze and all those commands will kind of stack up. Well, these commands stacked up, but eventually some just like, well, we're just not going to do that. But they ended up being like essential to validating that I completed that quest. And so when I finished my game, there were things I literally, no matter how hard I tried to go back to the spot, it just did not mark it as completed. Didn't say I failed it. Like, I know I passed it. One of them... um, was I had to like save a doctor and then put her in a car to like to like go away or whatever to like go to safety. But another quest jumped in and didn't validate that I put her in the car and sent her on her way. And so then it's like, oh well you didn't complete that quest. So it's like no. Like literally I see her driving away. Like cause they still showed her car on the map well into another quest. So I knew something was up. Cause like why mm. are they still highlighting her like, she's someone I need to be concerned about. And then I got in my car, followed that car on the dot to see what was up. And, like, there was nothing that prompted it. Like, it's just just an NPC that they got highlighted in the car. 
And I'm like, do I need to escort it? Like, what's going on? And it just, like, it never cleared. And so it's just, look, this game's broken. It's not finished. I think I, just talking this through with you, I think I've sort of figured out the best way to describe this to someone. Um, Early access. Or a, a, a good way to describe it. Imagine you're a journalist given a copy of this game and your boss wants you to, you know, beat this game within, you know, like four or five days or whatever, you know, a relatively short period of time. And you have to have a review out, you know, as quick as possible, right? So you are like maining basically, you, you're going down that main storyline and you are like going through some of like the peripheral sort of uh, main character specific quests, right? Those characters quests. Um everything you're going to encounter is going to be pretty good for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because you are focusing on those things. The combat is passable even better than some other things in the genre. Um, you're not getting into the crafting too much. You're not exploring the world too much, and you're just mostly traversing through it. And man, it looks great. And I will tell you, the areas that are encountered on those main quests tend to be more interesting, have more, like, more going on in them than areas mm -hmm. that aren't, right? Like, it, it, the whole game feels like they put most of the development time into, like, that, oh, this immediate peripherals to the main story, right? And then everything outside of that just sort of got cut for time, you know? And that yeah. that seems to be the problem with this game. It's just crap time management. Yeah, the problem is that the game is not finished. It's yeah. very minimal. Should have come out in 2023. Changed my mind. And, and and so with that, I think it's time to get into our, well, we won't get into our scores just yet. I will say this. I wish we're getting to our wishes of the game. We went through our likes, dislikes, and now wishes of the game. I wished they would have, A, finished the game. That would have been a stellar starting point. Is finish the game. But if they finished the game, I wish that they would have had more importance and the fixers. Yeah. And that if you kind of almost like gang like kind of thing of if you work with this fixer more than that fixer and you kind of hoist up that area's um prestige or whatever, the other areas are gonna not like that. And so they're either not gonna want to work with you or they're gonna be more hostile in you if you pass through that area. And I think that would have been important to even fit in because, you know, half this game's theme, it seems to be almost like the original theme before Keanu Reeves came in and made the game about something else, it seems. I have no evidence of that, but it seems like they completely changed the story for Keanu Reeves. Or you but, have some very limited circumstantial evidence, I would say, but sorry, go on. Yeah, well, because well, it seems that before the game was about, uh, j just how Red Dead Redemption was about uh, loyalty, Ghost of Tsushima was a story about honor. This seemed to be a story about ambitions. Yeah. Or at least they wanted to at some point because you see these references of like, do you want to be like a living legend and this and that, you know? And if you had it to where fixtures were more important, like, I mean, the replay value of that, of if if you just keep playing and like really level up working under Wakako or something like that. Wakako, was she the Tiger Claws? Yeah. Or I, so, she seems to be anyway. Yeah. Well, whoever ran you the Tiger You conflicting Claws. messages about Yeah, yeah it, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I know I killed a lot of Tiger Claws, but Wakako was never upset with me, so that also I'm pretty sure weird. at a certain point she had me killing Tiger Claws, but also the Tiger Claws are on her like she's with them and or they're on her turf i don't know yeah it's yeah exactly it's, it's a little bit weird but go on so my point being though like with the certain fixtures for certain areas if you do enough for them and are in good favor there's so many things you can do that you can have it to where you start to have tiger call tiger claw compact like crew companion that kind of thing you know where you can call in a crew to help you out with a mission or, again, on the flip side, if you were going against or going into a mission that had an area of people that you were hostile towards, well, like even though it's like an unrelated mission, that mission will now be harder, almost like a just a slightly more difficulty 
of doing that regular mission, that story mission, but you're doing it in an area of town where they don't like you. So you're going to have more issues that you run into. And I think that just would have been cooler and made the world feel more alive and the fixers to have more importance. Because the way they keep call calling you, every time you go in their turf, it made it seem like they were going to be a bigger deal. I mean, they, they think they're the most important thing into your life, man. Um, yeah. And what you could have tied into that is Pan Am uh, is sort of linked to a faction, a, a nomadic uh, group, family, yeah. they call it, right? Um, and you could have, like, even had a thing where, because you, uh, if you make the right choices, you end up joining that group, basically, that family, become a yeah. member of the family. Um, and you could have, like, had more stuff about like building them up you know and competing with the the gangs in the city Mm -hmm. or or whatever and that could have given you some goals outside of progressing through the main story like you would have had to change that would have fit in with the whole living legend ambition um theme of the game or underlying theme i should say yeah um i i guess what i would say is Assuming that all of the mechanics that are sort of half-assed or were made whole, uh, the main thing I think I would wish for is different story pacing. Because there are two main acts in this game. There's Act 1 and Act 2. And Act 1 is very short, and it, it mainly focuses on that, like, I want to be a legend kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And Act 2 is very long and mainly focuses on this I don't want to have my brain devoured by Johnny Silverhand thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it continues to try and maintain elements of the I want to be a living legend. And I feel like Act 1 should be longer because it would make certain events in the game more emotionally impactful if you, I don't know, spent more time with certain characters and developed more of a relationship and, you know, sort of saw your eyes because the way it works is basically you go from being like a a bottom level like street urchin thug guy right to raiding the biggest company in the world just through a cutscene, basically yeah and it's like i can i play that that looks good i want to play some of that you know and no you can't fuck you you know um that i i think they could have I think they could have changed the pacing and had you develop more relationships with people, certain people, you could have developed relationship, eh, relationships, relationships with them perfectly fine in the first act if you had done that and made, given more breathing room for a, a second act that is sort of overcompact as it is, you know? And I think it would have made the whole game a little bit, um, just flow better you know and, and i think it's if a they would have taken the time to finish the game fix the bugs stretched out um the act one or give us more to play like you suggested and if they did the thing to where fixtures are more like gangs and it's more meaningful and the replay value in that of like hey i can get this ending but i did it with this gang and then you play it again i got this ending but i did it with this gang and what that look and feels like like maybe each gang or area had certain benefits of what it would be like to play through the last mission, you know? I feel like CD Projekt Red could have easily have done that, but they just didn't. Well, I, I think, like, the word easy is, is the thing to highlight there, because it, it's not like it would have been, like, a walk in the park, but it, it also isn't like it would have been this, like, inconceivable task. And I think that they got really caught up in releasing it in the year 2020, because the original tabletop game is Cyberpunk 2020. And this is Cyberpunk 2077. We're going to release it in 2020. And I am of the opinion that they should have released it in 2023. Which a lot Same. of people might... Same. Like, they might say that's crazy. But as it is, like, yeah, I get that there's DLC coming out. But you can't fundamentally change story pacing like that through a DLC, and I think it, it would have produced a better game. And the reason I say 2023 is because in the lore of the game, there's a bombing of the Arasaka headquarters that is, uh, shall we say, a, a, a pivotal moment in the game's lore 
that happens in 2023. And I think that would have been a good fallback. And I think that it would have given them time to make a more well-rounded game. But uh, what do you Mm -hmm. think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's time that we move on to officially uh, put our measure of this game to what we think it ranks on a scale of 1 to 10. And given this is our second episode, I'd like to uh, remind people that our uh, medium score, our our average score is not 7, it is 5. Just before we say anything. Uh, Do you want to go first? (laughs) I I would be okay with you going first. Interesting, interesting. Um so I might make a lot of people unhappy with this, shall we say. But I I feel like as the game stands and especially taking into account its release and some of the issues that it had and the fact that there are just features that should be there and are not. Yes, it has a brilliant main story. And and purpose that, but everything else really drags it back. And the fact that even now it sort of feels like a beta, like you, I'm, I like you know, I I will fucking die of fall damage for no reason, even now, right? I'm I'm gonna give this like a like a three. I I don't know what I, to say. I mean, look by our metric, a three officially is going to be considered a bad game. A two is a broken game. One is infamously bad. Uh, like as it, Technically, it's going- infamously bad because like it has news headlines about being sued by investors, uh, lawsuits of just from consumers saying that they were misrepresented what they were sold. And yeah. then the devs had to come out with an apology. By that metric, it's infamously bad. And then by anyone who played in the first three days or experienced the glitches that I have or the save file glitches, it is a broken game, which would be a two. And then there's just not enough good stuff there to save it much above a three. So, like, I don't blame you for calling it a three. Now, I really took the time to really soak in a lot of the environment and stuff. So I really do appreciate their efforts and what they try to do, but I cannot look past or disregard just how utterly broken in the time it stole from me from its brokenness. Yeah. But I respect that there was an attempt at some point, but management let it go. Yeah. So this does feel like a management. So so, so given that the voice actors did their best, and the devs did their best to, um, well, no, the environment team did their best to give you a good cyberpunk setting. It just sucked that it was broke in between. I give it a 4.2. Now, interesting. What we do, so essentially, like the environment team and then the voice acting took it just above the bad game area for me. Interesting. Okay. But here's the thing though, like we're like we've had to like like full disclosure, this game has made us develop a new like one year later review system just to give it another chance, but now we're gonna have to give all the other games another chance. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think this four point two is gonna stay. Even a year from now, to be honest, because that's how much this game like just was such a letdown and it was missing so many fundamental things that you should expect of this standard. Not just the CD Projekt Red standard. This isn't measuring off of the hype and then grading down. Just yeah, there's I mean, other great games out there. Us, like I don't think Sorry. Go on. Go on. Well I was just saying <laughs> okay. like like there's other open world games out there that have great attention to detail. It's just not cyberpunk. Just because cyberpunk theme is cool doesn't mean I'm going to throw them three, four free points to give it a nice, warm, comfortable seven or eight. Sorry, there's too much broken with this game. I cannot do that. So it is a 4.2 below average. And you you were saying that you're not, we're, we are not grading from a like uh, CD Projekt Red standard and, and down yeah. or whatever, right? 
And I, the other thing I want to stress is neither of us are big time like CD Projekt Red fanboys mm-hmm. because th- there are two camps with them as far as I can tell. There are the diehard like, no, it's fine. It, it's going to be a great game. They release it too early, but whatever, right? And there are the, I am betrayed on a deep emotional level and I'm going to like nuke the entirety of Poland, you know? <laughs> and That's and true. those those are the camps as far as I can tell. And we're not really either of those. I expected this to be a letdown. I just didn't expect it to be this much of a letdown. Um, I will disagree about returning in a year. I suspect that I will raise my score significantly if they fix as much as I hope they do. But we will see. Um, we will see. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to work out for it just because. In a year from now, it'll be 2022, and the game won't be finished because it won't be finished until 2023. And so, uh, with our average again, how Review Royale works, because sometimes it could be more than just us two to try to be more scientific and hone down on what is the heavy shelf score for a game, and not just what does David think, what does Luca think. It's more of what does the heavy shelf community think. This averages the game out to a 3.6, and I don't disagree. I, w- I would stamp my name on that as well. What do you say? Do you think 3.6 should go higher or lower? I am conflicted. Um, because on the one hand, it has a brilliant, brilliant main campaign, right? I mean, it is still flawed, but it's very, very good, you know? And if you just play that, I mean, it like if, if that's all you're interested in, you might want to buy the game now i guess right on the other hand it it just fails at being the kind of game that it is supposed to be there there's not much point in it being open world in the way that it is like you could just as easily make it a metro exodus style like different you know like traveling to different arenas you know and have like a a highway system or whatever and it like it wouldn't really change because I mean, it would to some extent, but like, it just it in so many ways it lets down what it should be for this genre. You know, it's funny that you put it that way because I almost I was thinking back like, how could they have done it linear? And if they would have done it like cutscenes, almost like movie style cutscenes of like, hey, we're transitioning from this spot to this spot, so they do like wide shots of the city, like all cinematic and stuff, and then it just ends up being like about the dialogue. It probably would have been a better game. It it might have been, honestly. Like, it really might have. Um, and so, with that said, I, I there's part of me that wants to pull the score higher, even though I rated it below what it is, and there's part of me that wants to pull it lower. And so I feel like 3.6 is probably about right. Yeah, and that's how Especially keeping in mind that we, we, we will revisit this, so. Yeah, it's, I hate that we have to even do that, like, exception yeah, just to build in a second chance for them. But if we're going to do that, we're going to look at potentially um, retroactively reviewing some other games that were complete, utter abominations on launch. No Man's Sky, for instance. And then review them where they stand now and see how that goes. So, that's our official verdict for our Heavy Shelf in its review of Cyberpunk 2077. We give it a hearty 3.6. It's a bad game. And with that, I'm sure we're going to hear from some of you in the comments. Oh, yeah, they're going to be mad, man. (laughs) Let us know how you feel Uh, in the future, maybe a year from now or something. If you want to join in on the review, you got things to say. If you're a part of our community, you're more than welcome to join. And we'll hear you out. And then we'll discuss the scores then. But until then, this game's a 3.6. Do better. CD Projekt Red, do better. You disappointed a lot of people. I could see why you made the apology, but honestly, actions are better than words. Um, you should never have to come out and apologize for your game. Just finish the game. And then yeah. you want to end up with 3.6. That being said, thanks for listening. Be tuning in here in a few weeks for our next review, which is going to be Hitman 3. I'm looking forward to playing that and uh, getting a score officially put in. Like, you know, this is sad that uh, 
this is a 3.6 because we just did Project Wingman. And officially, Project Wingman is, by the numbers, a better game than Cyberpunk. And that's crazy to say. But I mean, heavy shelf terms, it. yeah, but, it's a reality. But, it's true. But, but West, if you were going to recommend one of your like average gamer friends buy one right now to play, which one would you recommend? Oh, Project I know, Wingman. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like I, I would tell my friend, wait like a year, man. Wait yeah. like a year. Buy, buy Project Wingman. <laughs> exactly. So, looking forward to bringing more reviews for you guys. Check us out again. Subscribe below. That would be nice. And then, uh, honestly, get, feel free in the comments to give us your scores, what you think. Uh, I'd be interested to hear what other people put this game as and give us like a, a one-liner as to why you think it's a nine somehow still. And, uh, you know, intrigue us. Let's see how it turns out.